0: listening to the Poster Boy Podcast. Our mission is to help young entrepreneurs in small-town America start, grow, and manage 21st century businesses. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, this is Chad. Hey, and this is Drew. Today, we're going to talk about another quote. Chad, what's the quote we're going to talk about? Awesome, Drew. So today's
1: quote is, it's hard to beat a person who never gives up, said by the famous Babe
0: Ruth. You know, I, I like that we started with, with Babe Ruth today. I, I think it, it speaks to what, what your business is. And, and as people will find out uh, what's motivated you in the past, can you tell me what's the, what's the context or what's the story or what's the lesson today that we want people to take away with when they think about what it takes to be a person that's hard to beat? I think the one thing that
1: that you want to really take from this is something that we always talk about, Drew, is uh, it's what it takes to push past the difficult parts, you know, the inevitable adversity that you're going to find.
0: Yeah, that's a really good that's a really good point. <laughs> totally. <laughing>. <laughs> <laughs> like you answered my question like like a dog running after a car. Is, like, we're told <laughs> I've become a podcast editing pro so far. I know we haven't even published a single one <laughs> <laughs> because they're going to be perfect, Chad. And I won't that's settle for we're second perfectionist. best. That's right, we're perfectionists. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, your first story is, you know, about your dad telling you uh, it was time to give up on your pipe dream. And I'm, I'm curious. I'm sure there was an emotion that happened when, when you felt that. You know, what's, what's the, the story behind that? Well,
1: when. When I first started out in business, I was really young. I was in college and I I honestly, I didn't really know what I was doing. I had no idea. And I made so many mistakes. And I think one of the problems in the beginning was I just wasn't learning from my mistakes. I tended to make them just over and over again, you know, and then you, you want to share what you're doing with, with everyone around you. And so my parents were no exception. So my dad and I, we'd had so many conversations about everything and you want to share like your progress and all those things. But he also knew that I wasn't making a lot of progress and, you know, they would want me to come home and I didn't even have the money for gas to get down there and things like that. There's just always a lot of headaches. But, you know, unfortunately, they weren't in a position where they could help me financially either. And so um, I was dating a girl at the time and I found out I had a kid on the way. So obviously it a nerve wracking time. I have no insurance, no retirement, no nothing. You know, I quit college with one semester left I Had all these things that from a parent's perspective, were not going according to plan. So when my parents asked me to come down to Missouri for the weekend, I, I went home and my dad and my stepmom they set me down and, you know, they said, it's time that I give up this pipe dream of being an entrepreneur. And I realized now, you know, or, and, and realize that I have, you know, responsibilities that are coming. And when you have a kid, you're going to have to take care of things. You're going to have to have insurance you're have to all this other stuff. And I can't even afford gas to get home. And you know, at the time I was living in my, my girlfriend's parents' house and, it was a really bad spot, but I I just refused to give up. And, you know, when he gave me that advice, it was actually worked out really well because in the end, when it first happened, I was so angry because you already feel defeated because you're not succeeding. There's so, so many emotions that you go through when you're just failing daily. And, you know, you might have $80 in your checking account and you're trying to decide, like, you know, do you What do you what do you spend that money on? Right, you need paper for your little printer, but then you need gas to get to the event, and you're just there's so many ups and downs, and I couldn't get a credit card. Just everything bad was going on, you know. And then in the end, and one thing I always want to remind here, you know, to you and Drew, I've said this is that parents never deliberately give bad advice. You know, they give advice based on their life knowledge and input or whatever, which is fine. And my parents were no different, but then. You know, today, like you know, obviously what happened at the end was I, I moved on and I told him, like, if you don't believe in what I'm doing, then don't ask me about it. But I refused to give up like under any circumstance ever. I really believed in what I was doing. And I think the r- crazy thing was, it was probably the first thing I ever really believed in my whole life. And so th- that made a difference. And so then I had to decide, like, how how do I fix this disaster that I've created, even though it was technically a business, you know. It was really a disaster. And so I, this is when I came up with the, the yellow legal pad approach. And, and my plan was relatively simple. I would list out all the problems that I had. And then I would just write out an ideal solution, like what the whatever the perfect solution would be on the next page and for each problem. You know, So let's say I have a, a page and I list out you know whatever, five problems. And then on the next page, I would list the, the first problem. Then I would list out what was my ideal solution. And then I would list out what was it that I had to do to get that. So, you know, like it may be something as simple as when we first started, we were shipping stuff, and things weren't getting delivered on time, right? So we would have so many issues because we couldn't afford, we couldn't even afford to use UPS. Okay, I And mean, we had to use stamps, literally like physical stamps oh, no. on these tubes that we put these. I know it was a, <laughs> it was a disaster, but when we work with the post office, I don't, you know, we call it to this day snail mail, right? So if you. Like when we were doing this, we had a lot of things not being delivered like constantly. And so we would get all these phone calls and my phone would ring to the point that every time my phone rang and I answered it, like someone thought I was a scam. It was unbelievable how many posters that we sold and people thought we were a scam. It was just mind blowing. And, you know, all because they didn't get it, you know, and but then I was really young. I was really, really young. And then people would call me and I'm like, yeah, you'll get it. You'll get it tomorrow for sure. You know, I didn't even have tracking on this thing. I would just say it so they would shut up and it would move me to my next call. <laughs> but yeah, I know. So, so you know, but th- the way we solved it, right? So the the ideal solution when we were writing it down would be, man, if we just didn't have to use the post office and we could save some money on it, right? So if we could just guarantee that something was going to be delivered. So that was like what my, you know, the ideal solution is that when we ship something, we just know exactly when and we can almost guarantee it's going to be done. You know, most... lot. <laughs> Logical people that have any knowledge of anything in the world today, they would go, "Oh, we'll just change to UPS, right? Because it's or, or FedEx or whatever." But what we decided to do was uh, bring on one of our friends. We we were all servers at a restaurant when I first started. And we decided to bring on one of one of our friends, and we tell them, "Dude, we you know we, we here is our problem. Like we it's, people are calling nonstop, and we need to start getting these things out faster." And so we had him. Uh, This is by the way, this is before the iPhone. Okay. So this is, this is like the Garmin had just come out, maybe the Garmin, you know? And so we had this mapping software. I think it was like MapQuest or something at the time where we did it on a computer and we would have to put all of these addresses in and then print out where they were on a map and then re and lay them out. So we could figure out what was in a route or, you know, whatever would be like closest to each other. And then from there, My friend would build out this like from from where he started to this address. And then he would go from this address to this address and we would print all of these directions. Okay, and then he would leave our house at 10 p.m. because, you know, we live in Chicago. So traffic's awful. Uh, So he would leave our house at 10 p.m. And he would go and deliver these posters to like 4 a.m. And we do this every day. So then whenever someone would call us like on a Tuesday, I'm like, hey, it'll be delivered. You know, you'll have it by the morning. No question. And then we would just print that thing get it ready for our friend, and, and he would do it. And, you know, again, this, this goes back to the yellow legal pad approach. We did this for everything. And, you know, our goal was to solve one problem at a time to start minimizing the phone calls and start being more efficient. And it took a long time. And some of the solutions, the ideal solutions were really expensive that we, you know, I'm sure you can imagine we, we really didn't get to right away. But we had what we thought was an ideal solution. And there were sometimes short-term ones that we could, we could come up with and you just get creative. And then you know you do that for six months, and you know my daughter was going to be born. I think I at at the time I told my parents it was going to be born in like six or six months or something. And you know by the time she was born, we had really turned a corner just by writing down all these problems every week. Anytime we had a new problem, we just
0: wrote it down and went back and solved it. So so tying this back to the quote, never giving up. What was it that drove you to to never give up? Was it because someone told you uh, to give up? Was it because adversity got harder in, in you like challenges or was there, was there still a level of just being hard headed and saying, I'm going to push through my dreams no matter what? I, 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 wish that's what it was at the beginning. I don't really think that's what it was.
1: Unfortunately, I think it was just the fact that I didn't really know any better and I didn't know what else i had never really thought of anything else that I could do that. I just really loved. you know, there's just nothing that I, I just ever like, you know, I always, this is like saying, I set my soul on fire kind of the best way I can explain it. And when you find something that does that, you're really willing to do anything, you know? And for me, I think for my, when my, when your parents sit you down, I mean, it's at it's one thing if your friends think you're, you know, you're destined to fail when your parents think you're destined to fail. It's like, dang, you know, it sucks. and, Uh, I don't know, but I think, I think once I started, you you know, you know how you develop over time and you're, you you get smarter and you you get a lot of things. And so I think it, it just like giving up for me was just never an option. I just don't think it's an option, you know, ever in in any situation that I do. I mean, yeah, sometimes it's, you know, important to fold your hand, but for me, the only way I would ever give up is if I exhausted every single possible option that I could ever imagine thinking of. Yeah, maybe, but I, even in even in those circumstances, if I believe in it enough, I, I just I don't know. Giving up just wasn't just for me. It's just not not an answer. You know, I like
0: that. And that. I don't know if that answers your question. It, you know, it does. Um, and it's inspiring. So tell me, um, how do we how do we make this into an actual step by step approach? What are some action items that you might ask eager listeners to to take? Well, I think I think
1: everyone at any age, really, they have something that they love to do, right? Maybe not like the love that I have for business today, but I definitely, as a kid, I love soccer. And, you know, a lot of kids play sports. You know, some know, Actually, some of my daughter's friends today, you know, I have a young daughter, and um, some of her friends are like super active readers, right? A lot of them want to be in musicals or, or little, you know, screenplays and things like that. But I would say that, you know, whatever you're involved in, it doesn't really matter. You, you know, once you decide that you're never giving up and you're never quitting, well, then the only other alternative is to get better. OK, and so when you commit to that, so, you know, and, and I, I'll i use the example of baseball. Right. Let's just say that we we're a shortstop. And if, once we've decided that we're never giving up on this, like our our ultimate goal, obviously, you know, for, for most most athletes. And I see it today more than ever are, is to be a professional athlete. But I think if if nothing else, if your goal is to at least get to college and, and maybe help compensate your way through school or whatever you ch- choose to do next, you know, maybe some, some minor league ball. But if your goal is, is that you can commit to improving every single day. So let's say that you take ground balls, you know, every day you might have practice, but then after practice, you stay for an hour every day and you only focus on one specific thing every day for, I don't know, 30 days, 90 days, depending on the difficulty of the task. But if you worked on that for 30 days, right, and you took ground balls every single day for an extra hour, and, you know, you set up a little, you know, a little iPhone or your little cell phone off to the side on a little stand and you record yourself fielding these ground balls. And then when you get home at nighttime, after, you know, you do your homework and you eat and you shower and you do all those things, you sit down, you know, maybe with your dad or maybe with someone or maybe by yourself, I don't really know. And then you watch these videos and you critique yourself and you see like, where could I get better? And then the next day you want to try and be better. And it's the same approach as, as the yellow legal pad. You're really listing all the things that you can improve. Maybe you don't keep your head down. Maybe if you get a bad hop, you know, or maybe any the ball's coming, you know, right off the grass, you're lifting your eyes up or something. You, you can start finding little things and these little bitty improvements. If you make little, you know, 1% improvements every day for 30 days, you start seeing a major difference. And this could be done in anything, you know, and uh, Drew, you and I have been in the serving world, you know, and I think there's if if you want, if you decide to be a great server, you know, you can decide to keep your floor clean or, you
0: know, what we've talked about before doing yeah. riddles at tables and. What you shared with me before, I thought that was uh, honestly a little jealous that I didn't think of something as smart as that <laughs> to engage a table, but you know, when it came, so I, I waited tables for, you know, I think it was about five or six years. And there's, there's obviously a moment where you're thinking to yourself as a server, man, is this all I'm going to do for the rest of my life? And I realized that, if it's not those, what you're going to get from it is not what it will be for you in 30 years, but what lessons can you take away from it that will last a lifetime? And I, I learned uh, to be courteous, to be kind, to be respectful, to, to watch the subtleties of someone. And most importantly, I learned how to sell. I learned how to upsell, cross sell, um, really engage a table, you know, almost as a showman. And you know, it really came across uh, over time. You know, not only gaining rapport with management, but also having repeat customers—people who would walk in the front door and ask for me. Uh, sometimes two or three, two or three times the same weekend. Um, you know, be- because I realized that if I'm going to do this, I might as well be the best at it. And between the various restaurants I went to, it was—it didn't take long for me to realize that, uh, you know, going the next level and not giving up, not settling with. Only making uh, you know, $100 a night at a restaurant, um, you know, I wasn't willing to give up because that's my livelihood. And in business, I would imagine it's the same, right? If, if you don't push your organization to excel, if you don't push your company to continue to grow, then y- you'll never reach that apex of being able to sit back and watch something that you've built.
1: Well, yeah, you know, and when you talk about like beating a person that never gives up, I think in the beginning, the, the person that you're competing against is yourself. You know, in the very, very beginning, you're really just you're, you're trying to to create the habit of never giving up. Right. But then as you get bigger in business and as you start bringing on more things, any, anything that you do well, people tend to follow quickly. It's amazing how the world can just see it. It's just it's kind of unbelievable. And, you know, so then that, that same type of mentality that we have today is, we have the, obviously the mentality of never giving up, but more importantly, we we try to address things first, right? So with our business, we're continuously evaluating not only ourselves, but any competitors that we, that we run across and asking ourselves, how can we be better? How can we be more efficient? How can we bring more to the table? And how can we do it, you know, for a reasonable price? That way we're able to take care everyone wins. And so, you, you know, you continuously look for these things and, and that's the same thing as never giving up. I mean, I can tell you this, the last, customer you know the last company you ever want to compete with is one that does not give up because if you're trying your best and they're constantly and they're scrappy you know and they are diligent in with their finances and they're able to stick around it's a nightmare to deal with those things and so you you are always fighting you know and and we've just wanted to be the company that that we never give up we provide the the greatest product you know i think that the ultimate compliment is if Let's just say anything that we're looking to do, right? If we're looking to start a restaurant, you and I would put together all of the things that we've enjoyed, all the things we didn't like, we'd try to avoid those things and we'd build it. And I think for us, the ultimate compliment is for if someone's coming in to compete with us, they go, man, like it's really hard to do better. I mean, we can duplicate them, but doing better is really difficult because, you know, we take a picture, we have it graphically designed, we print it and we frame it and we do it in 10 minutes. Whereas before I came into the market, those things would take four weeks, four to six weeks, and they wouldn't come frame. And so, for someone, here's the thing: there's really no value in doing it faster than us, because whether you do it in five minutes or ten minutes, it doesn't make a difference. That's not enough speed to where it will determine whether it one's yeah, better or I, another. I see, I see exactly right? you see what, you're what saying? I'm saying.
0: I think when it comes down to uh, never giving up, it's it's almost it's an internal. Charge. I don't know if it's something that you can scream at someone and they get it or if it's something that there's almost a light clicks in their head and they realize (laughs) that they just have to push through. Right. It's almost like you're never you're never going to get where you're where you want to go if you don't just pick up what you're doing and start running as fast as you can. And you're going to you're going to hit roadblocks. You're going to stumble. You may zigzag down the wrong paths, but you just can't give up. I've, I've heard this from so many successful people over the years.
1: And one, one advice they've always given me, it's like continuous from everyone that I've ever met that was, you know, and I say successful, I mean, really successful was the fact that very, very few people, uh, or most people give up right when they're on the cutting edge of making it. Right. Like they're, they're right there and they just can't see it because they're like in the trenches and they don't
0: realize they were right there if If people walk away from this podcast, knowing that people give up before they should have, because they were so close, I want people to take away that maybe right now, if they're struggling and they're not giving up and they're thinking about giving up, maybe they're so close to it. They should just try one more month, one more quarter, one more year, um, invest a little bit more energy, and they're almost there. It's almost like a surprise because you you don't know that you're going to be successful until I don't know, maybe you look backwards and you see you are, right? But um, I, I think the moral or the goal, the nugget of gold from that is next week could be that week where you make the breakthrough and you need to recognize that to not give up right now.
1: Well, and Drew, one thing I want to add to that, okay, as far as the gold is, if you're thinking about giving up and you're listening to us and you decide to give it 30 more days and you write down these, you take this legal pad and you write down your problems, write down like the biggest two or three that you have. And just think about if you were to solve this particular problem, what would it do for you moving forward? Right. And if you figure out that you can solve two or three problems that are really big, you know, by being creative, being clever. And, you know, by taking the time to think about your problems takes you out of the trenches and takes you into the mind mapping and, you know, really the, the action portion of everything. But if they could do this for 30 days and just solve one or two big problems, it creates momentum. And so, you know, that's, that's all really anyone ever looks for. I don't know if you're familiar with, I want to say, you know, and please don't quote me this, but I want to say it was like Tony Robbins that said, happiness doesn't come from results. Happiness comes from progress. You know, like when you start going to the gym, most people, they don't realize this. Like when you go to the gym and you work out for like, let's say a week straight every day, you already feel great. It's not about getting to the final destination. It's just about making progress. And so, what we want, and you know, for everyone listening, we want you to know that this—the key to all of this—is to make continuous progress and to have some form of a habit. Which, you know, for us is the legal pad. Just make a habit of writing down your problems. Keep them, you know, on New Year's. Pull them all out and look at all the problems that you solved as a fun New Year's Eve thing, you know. And then, what you want to do is over the next couple of years, you want your problems to become higher quality. Because remember, you can tell a lot about a business by the quality of their problems. you know, and so, Andrew, I know we were going to, you know, get into next week. And so you'd ask me. And so, you know, next week we're going to really take on uh, the, the quote that we'll be discussing is actually by Thomas Edison. And it that there's no substitute for hard work. And so next week we will be discussing the, the true value of hard work and what you can, what it really
0: means. This has been another episode of the Poster Boy Podcast brought to you by utproducts.com. Find and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at theposterboybook.com to grab your copy of the book.